Hello and welcome to the knock on KCLR and scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. Uh, Paddy Brown, uh, Tom Crotty, and James Blanchfield are with us this evening. Lads, how's it going? Hi, Steve. Um, plenty to talk about this week um, on the rugby pitch um, and of course the Ireland All Blacks match and we'll look back at Ireland Scotland at that but uh, matters off the field I suppose were the big thing this week um, Paddy in your own club with the death of young Connor Duffy which came as an absolute shock not just to Tolo I suppose but uh, you know the county of Carlow and the rugby community in particular where he was extremely well known Yeah Stephen um it was a black week for 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 Tullow and for rugby generally, uh, in in the province. Um, and uh, Connor, who celebrated his twenty first two weeks ago in the club, uh, we lost him at the weekend. And uh, you know it was an incredible uh, experience for everybody. It was just a black black few days, and uh, you know for the family and for all his friends and the club, it'll it'll be a black. It'll never be forgotten. Um, Connor, every most people listen will be aware of his exploits on the rugby field. He he came up to the he's he was born and reared in Carlow, but he came, they moved to Rato and he came up to the ranks in Tullow from Minnie's youths all up along, and um, was an outstanding player. Larry Canavan would say, who coached every youth team in Tullow, would say he was easily the most outstanding young player he ever coached, and. Um, so he he um, his first big achievement on the pitch, I suppose, was a member of the Tullow under sixteen team that won the All Ireland against Ennis, and uh, he he moved to Dublin after after finishing school, and he played with Clontarf and he played with Clontarf under twenties and was their star man and actually so much so that he got onto the uh, Clontarf senior team uh, for, and played played with them a number of occasions, which was a, quite an achievement for he's not the biggest man he wasn't the biggest man in the world. Um, but it was a, an outstanding player, really. And uh, to to Tullo's favour, he came back. He decided to come back to the club last year and was a key member of, I suppose, our most successful year ever. He was a key member of the, the of the team that won the Towns Cup and that got promotion in the league. And many people would say probably wouldn't have made those, had those achievements without him. And you know that was. Uh, so his family were very involved in the club then as a result. And uh, his first cousin, Daniel um, Cullerton, who joined the club this year and had been playing with Tullow this year. And they were extremely, very close, uh, as well as another member of the team, uh, another connection with, with, with them is, is Scott Sullivan. So the three boys were like the three musketeers. So they were, it was great to have those three young men on the team. So, uh, you know, as you can imagine then, the, the shock and... Uh, it was it was an unbelievable, and I just pay credit to our neighbours, Kilkenny and Carlo, and all the clubs. But Carlo, I suppose in particular, Tom, because he he went to school in Carlo and was born in Carlo, and you you all knew him very well. And I know you'll talk in a minute yourself, Tom, but your own son was very close to him, so you have an insight that I wouldn't have. Uh, but you know, the, he he touched so many lives, and 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 uh, he's such a wide circle of friends, and I've never seen anything like it. Uh, the night of that funeral, to see all those young men and women, um, you know, supporting each other, but broken is the only way I can put it. Uh, in Carpenter's funeral home in Carlow last uh, Monday night, uh, or last Tuesday night, I should say, and then the, the next day as well, after the burial on that horrible wet day, and um, 
they everybody came back to Tolo Rugby Club uh, for to talk and to have refreshments, and it was a massive crowd there uh, at the whole thing. And um, as I say, the clubs in Leinster rallied round. Uh, a bus came down from Clontarf of his teammates from, from from there, and it was it was an incredibly uh, moving and large funeral. And uh, um, so while it's a huge loss to Tolo Rugby, you know I can only it's nothing compared to the loss to his family. They're an incredibly close family. His own immediate family, Carl and Tara, and his Shane. Uh, and and his sister, his name, her name is Casey Jones. I'm very sorry, but uh, also you know his cousins who, as I said, played in the team and all. I, 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 then he, even though it's just back a year, he came up to the club, so all the lads knew him extremely well, and everyone called him his friend. Like he was, he was just a, an amazing young man, and he touched so many people. So you look at uh, Stephen. It's 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 a black day, a black week for the club, and it's something that we won't be able to get over for a while and particularly his teammates and they did make it back out to training last night and it was a, probably a big decision for Morris and the and, and the and the and the and the crew but they reckoned it was better to get together where there's a lot of young people now who we need to look out for and you know at a time like this it's it's uh it's but it's a great time to have your teammates and the support for it that they had for each other was was tangible over the last four days five days so, um, look, thanks for giving us the space to remember Connor. Um, he'll be remembered forever in, in, in Tullow. And as I say, thanks again to, to Kenny and Carlo and all our, our neighbours for, for, for the massive support we got. Yep. Uh, I don't know where to take on, Paddy. I think you're, you hit him nail on the head. It was a, a horrible, horrible, horrible week. Um, you know, Connor, we know Connor for a long time. Um, and Johnny will say, first of all, he was an avid listener of our podcast here, <laughs> um, always listened in, you know. Um, I met, we met Connor first, I suppose, as, as young fellow, he played um, soccer with Ben and Hanover Harps. And uh, Connor, the, just an outstanding port, sports person all around, could turn his hand to anything. Um, you know, he's a key member of the little soccer team that was there. And um, I suppose that's kind of where we came across. I would have known Cahill, but it's where we came across Connor first. And even even as a young, at a young age, you know, he had this little little bit of cockiness about him when he was around the park. But then, uh, you know, such a, a, a fantastic kid on the, on the outset of us. But um, he was... In our hearts, like he's just a phenomenal sports person, you know, whether it was football, uh, soccer, rugby. He, um, you know, he did it all. Um, when he was on, uh, you know, he made the, the county football, the county football team. He, as I said, like he played with Hanover Harps, he was on the southeast team, um, went on to Leinster, and uh, I think he had uh, a part with under 18s Ireland as well in the yeah. development part. Um, Connor was a just a one in a million person. Uh, like he's, he always made time not just for his friends, but more so, he did it in order. I think he came as his 
Paddy will say, like, he came into the club or he came into your house and he'd speak with the old fellas and the old one, you know, the old fellas first and spend time with, you know, to say hello to everyone. And then he'd go on and charm the mammies. And I think, I don't think there was a mother that didn't uh, think he was <laughs> God's gift because we had to listen to it, how lovely Connor was. But, um, you know, and then he had such amazing time for his friends and just his friend set. Um, we hammered in tons against him. I, Derry Cope was coaching under uh, underage against him the whole time with the team, and I came in and helped Derry coach. And um, Tolo had an outstanding team at the time, and just to break our hearts, we had you know we played them so many times in a year, and we were always we were always beaten, and it didn't matter whether you know. As Derek used to be driven mad by Connor because. Tolo could have beaten us by 30 points and he turned around and there's Connor sitting in the middle of all the Carlo lads in the Carlo dressing room and would be out socialising with all the Carlo lads and eventually be turned around one day and said, would you not just sign over because you seem to spend more time with more time with the Carlo lads than you do in Tolo. Um, but he's just, uh, he's going to be so sadly missed. Um, I, I can't say... I can't say enough. Words just can't speak. They're a fantastic family. The Duffy family has huge, like, the, a huge attachment with sport and Carlo as a whole. And like, um, his uncle PJ played played rugby in Carlo. He used to come from soccer first and then come over and play rugby. And Carl played a tiny bit and then get injured and couldn't play anymore. But Connor or Cahill's went over as they moved over to Ratho. I think Cahill became a huge part of of Tullo. And in fairness, like he he, he became a, a a through and through black gates man, and uh, he followed Connor everywhere. It didn't matter whether it was Tilly Winks, the two of them were together. So it was kind of heartbreaking for everyone. I think everyone was shocked. And well, I'll just I I think I can all I can do is sum Connor up in in one moment. And uh, it was last last year's Towns Cup semi final, and. Uh, it was the last kick of the game. We had to uh, draw the match and uh, Ben missed the kick. And the first person over to him was Connor. And I wish I had a photograph, but the two of them were together. Um, he was over to console Ben in such a genuine way, you know, there's no, there was nothing afterwards. I mean, he invited them, the lads were drinking together afterwards and, you know, having the crack and it just summed Connor up in, in a simple, simple moment in time. Uh, I think I'd just say it's a, he's a, a beautiful soul, last too young. And uh, we wish, look, all we can do is give our condolences and support every young person that's around and help them and try and keep them in sport. And I think it's a huge thing that rugby is an amazing, an amazing sport that we are together. Uh, it doesn't matter what club you play for. And it was when we were out in Tullow after the funeral. You could see it with the Clontarf lads, the Carlo lads. There was people from Kilkenny, people from Gorey. The, you know, there's just too many clubs to mention that were there, all there to sport. And uh, I think it's, it just shows how wonderful our, our, our sport itself is. And uh, mm. just to say our condolences. And we're doing a little thing in Carlo at the weekend. We're going to retire the number eight jersey for our first and seconds at the weekend, just as a little token, um, just for the family and for Connor. Yeah, thanks very much, Tom. And just uh, before you go to James there, Stephen, sorry, um, thanks, Tom, for those beautiful words because I know they're from the heart and I know that Ben and, and, and Connor were close. 
And I, 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 I forgot to mention there that he did captain the Leinster under 18 to win the interprovincial. So that was a, a big feather on his cap and fair play to him for that. And also, thanks to, to Kenny and Carlo both retiring the number eight jerseys for next Sunday, and Tolo have decided to retire for the year. So uh, it's a fantastic gesture for him both. So thank you for that. Yeah, from, from, from my side, from Kenny's side, I, I probably the one who knew who, who knew Connor least, but the little bit I had with him, the first time I got to meet him was after this year's Towns Cup final, and you know, Toro beat us on that day, and I think that result will always be remembered for the right reasons, the fact that he was involved in it, but the result is irrelevant today, you know, there's a, a young life lost, and a great young life lost from what I've, from my experiences of him. He came down to Kilkenny to play tag rugby over the summer with us. And the one thing that stood out to me was the smile. You know, he had a great smile and there'd be a cheeky comment and a smile back and, you know, he'd get on with it. And the way he'd just come across the pitch carrying his boots um, as if the world was his oyster, you know, and he had all the time in the world when sadly he didn't. And, you know, I think... This has been a very poignant week for everyone in Tullow and for the rugby community, but I think particularly for Tullow and the Duffy family. And I had a couple of good chats with Johnny Tobin during the week, and Johnny is heartbroken by the whole thing. I think they were quite close friends and worked together and did a lot together over the years. But the point of it being a poignant week, <laughs> you know, no young life, no life should be lost like this. And I think for anyone that saw the video during the week that... Um, I think it was Norwich City Football Club brought out. Mm-hmm. I think that two-minute video will do all the talking. You know, um, it's not always the person that's sitting down in the corner being quiet, or it's not always the person that's that appears to be in a bad way. It sometimes is the least obvious person, you know. So, um, I think there's a message in it for all of our clubs and for the rugby community and the wider sports community is. Always have your eyes and ears open. You know, it's not what's said. It's not what sometimes it's just what's done. Sometimes that arm around the shoulder and that one question, how are you, could be the difference between a good day and a bad day and a good day or the rest of your life, you know. So being the one here that knows Connor Least and knew Connor Least out of out, out of Tullow and Carlo and Kenny, that'd be my message to everybody going forward out of this is let's let's support one another um, as much as we can. And kind of make sure that us as a trio of clubs, that if we see something when we're visiting each other's clubs that we're not sure about, or have a tap on the shoulder, you never know what you see or might what you might observe. Because I'm a firm believer in that everything is avoidable, hopefully. And um, I'm just I'm just numb all week thinking about the chat and you know just the crack I had at him playing tag rugby and after a cup final this year and. Just want everyone in Tullow to know that we as a club of Kilkenny are here in support in any way we can. Um, when I made a few phone calls, I actually let everyone in Kilkenny know after Johnny sent us all the text on Sunday evening. And I spent five minutes looking at the text trying to comprehend it. But I just let a few of the folks in Kilkenny know and we were all gobsmacked as well. So look at our sincerest, sincerest condolences to the Duffies and to the Tullow rugby community. Thanks very much, James. Appreciate those words. Absolutely, lovely tributes paid there, lads. Um, and uh, yesterday, Gorev, 
Shay, to uh, Connor and uh, from KCLR, I suppose, and Scoreline, uh, our condolences to the Duffy family and the clubs, of course, and his many uh, circle of friends and, and wider rugby community as well. Um, going to move our attention now to matters uh, on the pitch uh, this weekend. Uh, with a weekend off last weekend, lads, um, Tullo have another weekend off this weekend in Leinster League Division 1A, but... Uh, can Kenny take the short trip, but a trip nonetheless to a tie, James, uh, this weekend in the Leinster League? Um, tire going well, um, uh, year after dropping into 1B, uh, a game you're looking forward to, I'd say. Um, yeah, I, I made a try to make a few phone calls today to get a bit of info on some of the lads and cards have been picked off to the chest as of as of 4.30, there was no team picked and, uh, you know, Doc is just playing his cards close to his chest. Um, a tie, I think it's probably going to be the first competitive affair between a tie and Kilkenny. I can't remember it in, in the last 10, 12 years. Um, so it's going to be an important game in that context. It's an important game in the context of the league, really. A tie have the rise on promotion and we have a rise on promotion. Um, so for that, for that reason, um, I think it's going to be a very important game. A tie of a couple of Leinster juniors, and we have a couple. We have a trio of Leinster juniors as well. Um, albeit we're missing Wes again this week, but um, Wes isn't back until, until early November. But uh, a tie will be at home. They're on riding the crest of a wave. It's going to be a big battle for us. Um, they probably know more about us than we do about them. So going up there is not going to be easy. They have really good form, and um, they're a well coached side. They have. They have a strong set of forwards. They have an absolutely exceptional out half. Um, um, they have the chap of the fantasy here on fantasy there in the back line who can make who can score a try from nothing. They're a club that are appearing to be doing things the right way. They focused on their youth a long time ago, and they're getting the rewards from that now. So, I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, but in the context of the league. As I always say, leagues aren't won this time of year, but they're certainly lost. So the winner of this team, the winner of this game will have a big buffer, um, have a big kind of advantage for the rest of the season, I think, over the chase and pack. Um, so from that perspective, we're looking forward to it. Um, there are a couple of niggly injuries in there, in around. So, you know, what's going to happen in half-back, I'm unsure about. Um, Doc was unsure about when I spoke, so that's why he couldn't really tell me a team. Um, up front, we have been going well. Our scrum has been going quite well. So, um, if we can, if if we can continue our dominance in the scrum and get our lineouts going well to give the backs an opportunity to attack, um, I think it'll be a good day. But our defence will have to be very, very strong against what is a very strong attacking a tie side, a tie side. So, yeah, look, we're looking forward to it. It's our first visit back to a tie, as I said, since since the Towns Cup final and. A result in that game has now, on account of this week, has kind of wilted into insignificance for all parties. But, um, but we'll be looking forward to it. That's all I can say. Um, first and second, second, first and seconds are both a hundred percent at this season so far. So we, we're looking forward to it, and um, we can just see what happens. I'm saying a lot, but I'm saying nothing here because I don't have anything to say because I don't know much about what's happening in the inner circle at, with our with our J1s at the moment. But um, I was chatting with Eamon Dooley, the team manager there the other night. Um, Eamon's an avid listener of the podcast and many 
many times he has called me up over comments I've made and whatnot, um, in, a, in a joking manner, of course. But but uh, Eamon's looking forward to this one. Um, the team are looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, we have a strong Thai influence in our coaching setup. We have two two Thai men in our coaching setup, and Stevie Ashmore and Stephen Talbot, who will know a lot about, about a Thai, and no doubt they will help us prepare for that. Stephen Talbot primarily will know more about a Thai because he's was involved with the club up until last season prior to joining us. C.B. Ashmore has been gone for him for probably the guts of the last 10 years. And we'll know the players and he's been at a few of their games. So um, from that perspective, we'll get to know a little bit about them. But uh, that's all I can say is look, we're looking forward to it and um, may the best team win, really. Absolutely. Um, your ladies are out this weekend as well, James. He's out against Tullamore. Tullamore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, they're going well. They had kind of a, a blip in their first game of the season, but they've been just going quite well ever since. And, as I'm kind of saying, Gary Doyle, Victor Victor Harper, Joe Moynihan, and head coach Paddy Moss. You know, Paddy brought in the guys to help him this year, just kind of to get a little bit more coaching into the team. And Gary, Gary particularly has brought a more of a, an emphasis on kind of getting phases. It's you know they have a very strong ability to score off first and second phase, but you know if they're to prepare themselves to go, the ladies, the women to prepare themselves to go up a division, which is always the ambition they'll need to get more of a structured game of rugby and more of a phase game of rugby where they're prepared to go through the phases. And in credit to Gary and the rest of the coaches, that's what they're doing. Um, you can hear him on, on the sideline when you're watching them, he's encouraging them, even though a try may be on from, from say, the second receiver with, with, with three people outside, he's encouraging that pass to happen, you know. So getting them getting them playing heads up rugby, they're great numbers. Um Kira Kuhn has probably really been their standout player so far this year. Kira's full back for the girls, and uh, I love watching her play rugby because she's a free soul playing rugby. Just give her a ball and she'll run. You know, there's no missing. Get someone runs at her, runs at Kira, she tackles them. You know, so and the girls are going well. You can just keep it going. But my worry about that division is like we have uh, we have such strong numbers. Um, there's teams coming down with ten players and twelve players to play away matches and. You know, that's at a slight disadvantage because you want to use your 22 or 23 on a match day. But when you're playing against 10 and 11 players, it's difficult. So um, I think for the women, promotion has to be the objective. And they were just pipped at the point at, 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 the, at the final hurdle last year. So what I think they learned the lessons from that for this year and will try and get promotion. But the really positive thing is is the amount of work that's going on at underage level with women, with women's and girls rugby Kilkenny and Tom, you can probably see it that, you know, I know some of the results don't go our way, particularly where we play yourselves, but the, the kind of the, the structures are being built by the works of Mags Hennessy and Derek Lawler, Richie Limkin, even Joe Manuel from the first 15, Joe is a heavily involved in coaching of the girls teams now, his own daughter Grace is playing, who's a cracking rugby player. So the hope would be that we can just keep young players coming through and keep feeding feeding the women's system. So, you know, as we know, there's a strong fall off of in, in, in women's sport. But we can keep feeding that team to try and get them up to, to, so they can earn, I suppose, not that we can try, that they can earn promotion through the divisions and, you know, that we can build on the great groundwork <clears throat> done at underage level. So um, I think women's rugby is just watch the space for it if you can, because it's going to get stronger and stronger. Absolutely. Good stuff. Um, Tom, uh, you're out in action this weekend as well. You take a long trip up the country on Sunday. Hopefully, there won't be 
couple of sore heads after Saturday night, depending on what happens over in France. Yeah. Yeah, this World Cup was kind of getting in the way because we had Longford <laughs> actually kind of, we, we thought we were going up there on Saturday to play and uh, the lads were looking forward to getting back and watching the match, but sure look, these things happen. Um, Longford were, were unable to, to do youth fixtures and pitches and stuff, were unable to organise the, the Saturday, which is understandable too. Because um, there's so many youth matches and stuff going on at the moment, you know, trying to keep leagues going. So, um, unfortunately, we have to go on Sunday. So I'm afraid the lads will, um, the lads are a little bit disappointed considering that if we win, if we do win on Saturday, the semi-finals on next Friday night, and we had organ, we've organised to play Dallas Al on the Saturday. So another night will be lost. But anyway, look, this, these things happen. Let's get um, over to the final first, lads. We're Irish, right? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's just let's just worry about that. Um, yeah, it's that small matter. But, um, look, it's it's yeah. We're looking forward to going to Longford, and we're training well at the moment. Uh, the the senior team is set is fairly settled at the moment. Uh, no major in, injury worries. Um, one or two niggles. One uh, just still missing uh, Sean Quinn and um, in the centre with. The, with his injury, he just has a niggly injury. Which one does? One of those simple quad. I think it's quad. something like that. But it's just one of those niggly injuries that's just not going away from him. Which uh, we're just wishing the best with his recovery because uh, I know he's frustrated not to get out on the pitch, and he's uh, such an influential player when he's when he is um, when he is with us. Like so. Um, uh, other than that, we we're. Training well, as I said, a good number of first and seconds. Um, I said, probably got a good few, a few lads back from football and so on. So, uh, look, I mean, it's, it's no easy task going to Longford. Uh, we know this. We've had our ass handed to us before, like when we went up. Um, we brought, you know, so it's a case of when to make sure that we're in the right frame of mind more so than anything else. Uh, you know. It, it's like Jane saying about going over to a tie, your defence and so on. You have to, you know, you know you're going to be in for, but you have to be up for. You really have to be up for the game to go to Longford. And it's a long drive, um, you know, for the for the first and the second. Uh, so traveling across, you have to you have to get out of the car and get yourself prepped again. You know, after that long drive, and that's and that's very hard. And you know, and. and it works both ways when they come down, but for us now, it, the key thing is to um, the key thing for us now is to get in the right frame of mind. We're training now tonight, so as uh, to get a good preparation in tonight. Um, I know the lads will be watching the match or whatever, but then it's just to get over that and, and uh, to work on to work on what we need to do. Like. The game that we're playing this year is probably slightly this slightly different to last year. Um, there seems we're a little bit more direct, um, a little bit more direct up front, and uh, I think it's something you know you have to you have to change it up. We've been we've been kind of playing the same system, and we need to we need to to change our system slightly. So, as I say, we're we're probably that little bit more direct this year than we were last season. Um, scrum is solid enough. We have um, again without the injuries that we had last season, um, with Larry back in back in the front row and uh, young Tiger Owen is there. 
Come on, um, yeah, Larry's still going, and he's not as old as we all think. But he's, no, he's, he's, he's a great Larry McGrath. He's, he's just unbelievable uh, for a man. We'll just say he's over thirty, and uh, also Richie, like Richie's in the centre. We were laughing. Derek had been in, and we here overheard Richie and another man of his era in with the physio going, Jesus, I, I don't mind pain if I'm playing, but I am. Hate pain if I'm not playing. So I think Richie's just going to, Richie's going to be, be starting again on 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 Sunday. He had, like he had a great game the last day. So I mean he's well deserved of his place. It's great. Um, I said like to James, the team is is very similar to what it was. But our um, the, as I say, our our structures are going well. The new coaches are putting in just a different aspect on certain things and a different voice this season you know so it's uh we're, look, we're looking forward to the, we're not looking forward to the journey you know but we're looking forward to the game i mean longford do look after as well when we look there and um, the hospitality is always great and you know i know it's, it's it is a long journey but uh you know we're happy 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 to head over there um back actually just on the youths youths at the weekend were quite good we've had mixed results uh mixed results but the they're ticking along nicely in the club, and uh, the girls are 16. Had a great win over the Rhinos. The Tolo Carlo Rhinos had a, a massive win the, again um, in, um, against us high last Friday night in Carlo. Um, they're unbeaten for the season. They um, have a tough task now this weekend. They're heading up to Mullingar to play one of the favourites um, for the league this season. So um, I, want to, I want to wish them the best of luck because they're a fantastic team. With uh, some outstanding, really outstanding players from from both clubs, you know, I think they're hashtagging it. Uh, two clubs, two clubs, one team. I think is their hashtag, and it seems to be working out really well for us. Um, the eighteens, um, with a good win in Kilkenny, Kilkenny, and James, I have to say, your team. I said it to Gary Bricknell as well after the game. I I know we beat you, but um, there was a huge difference in the in the two games in the team. Uh, mm. Kilkenny have come on leaps and bounds. There's some fantastic players, and it yeah. won't be too long before they're they're you know they're competing at a higher level than they are. Um, then they have to just give a mention to the know, the Southeast girls. Um, they had a really, really the under 18s had a really really good win against the Metro uh, Metro down in down in um, Gory. On Wednesday night, and uh, it was uh, Colin, Colin Dewar, uh, Molly Sheridan, uh, Roisin Kinch, and Chloe Crossy. The four of the girls all played and uh, played outstanding. Uh, three of the girls from Car from Tullow and one of the girls from Carlow. So um, it's great to see them getting uh, a bit of game time. Must be one of the other yeah. Bodies, yeah, I don't know where these these are coming out from. It's another scrum half. So I have <laughs> we have um, three backs. I thought Chloe because when Chloe started, um, she used to play hooker and uh, the loose head prop, and I was all delighted because I was going to get a quality back in the front row again. And but no such no such look. She's gone to scrum half. So that's the end of my uh, my dream of of a follow on is gone. Draw <laughs> so I must be. I must be. I, I don't know, I must be a mother or something, a mother's side of the family. It's definitely <laughs> come from me anyway, but uh, 
Look, it was a great win for the girls. Some fantastic talent on the on the, on that under eighteen squad. I watched them train a couple of times over in the IT, and and it's great to see for the southeast that um, that things are are so good. Uh, you know, with, with um, because actually, uh, two of those girls, uh, Roisin and Molly, are actually under sixteen, playing up to under eighteens. Like, and they're both phenomenal players. We all know about Roisin. She's a uh, She's a, a Leinster under eighteen player and played um, a key role in, the, in their win of the provincial series there uh, this year. And uh, I think Roisin's only fifteen, just going on sixteen. She's just an outstanding player. So the future is bright for um, for rugby girls rugby in the southeast anyway. And uh, I think that's really it from my end of things this week. Paddy, your men obviously are off this weekend, but the ladies are out against Tullamore in Division One. Yeah, and before I just mention that, just to join with Tom in congratulating the four girls who represented the the, the rhinos, the Carlo Tolo rhinos in the in the Southeast Robinson Cup, it was great. And it was Tom has mentioned it. I won't go over the ground again, but we're we're delighted with the, for the girls it's, and it's a great achievement. And I did a very good win over the Metro. Uh, yeah, our ladies um, had a had won two out three so far. They were played Trinity last week. Um, and put up a cricket score against them, and it was a, a huge result, forty-one-three or something, I think. So it was a, a fantastic result, and they are they're, they're 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 training well. They have a big match now against the old enemy, which is Tullamore, who we after playing in a couple of flood cup flood finals there, and um, we that that's always a tough one, and they generally kind of beat us this time of the year. But we're we're going up in hope, I'd say this this time because. We, we we've started better than we usually start, so we're we're going in a bit of hope for that. Uh, as you say, our men are um, have another week off, and they on Sunday Saturday week then the first and the seconds will be away to Ashburn. So we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, it's going back on what we spoke about earlier. It's going to be difficult to know to predict how the players will respond to everything that's happened and. Um, you know, I think, I think, and I'm hoping really that what some of them are saying over the last few days was that look, let's do this for Connor. So I only hope that that will bear out because apart from the importance for the rugby, uh, the importance for themselves and the, the solidarity and the, the band of brothers, as they call themselves, I think if they if they use it as 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 as, as a uh, something to drive them forward. I think it would be positive. It would be some bit of a positive anyway in, in, against that background. So yeah, that's 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 Saturday week against Ashburn, and we were going well one two, and then lost against Wicklow. So we're hoping to get back on the on the horse against that one. And as like Tom said, we have a few players back from Gaelic now that missed the last match. So hopefully that will. So it's very hard to know with Ashburn. They've had they've had mixed results in the league so far, and uh, we they're never easy. They certainly haven't been for us in the last few years. So we will uh, look forward to that one as well. So that's 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 a, our our underage teams again had pretty good results over the last uh, over the last two weekends. So uh, yeah, we're yeah all is positive on the youth side as well. And Tom has mentioned the girls, so we want to go back over that ground. Oh. So yeah, that's 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 where we stand. If I can, just um, two items while we're on the topic of women's rugby. Johnny Tobin, previously of this parish, I believe he's taken up the role of head coach of the Lansdowne women's team. So congratulations to Johnny on that front. Johnny. Uh, you've gone very posh now. 
We won't be able to talk to me. He'll have a he'll have a D four accent now coming. Yeah, for Johnny Tubin. Johnny Tubin. Johnny Tubin. <laughs> Tubin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're drinking Heinemite. You know. <laughs> yeah. The other one is actually like for Kenny, which I should have mentioned previously. Um, well done to everyone at Kenny. We hosted the Aviva Minis Festival last Sunday. I think there was twenty five or thirty odd teams playing in it, boys and girls, some under tens up to under twelves, and it was a absolutely wonderful day of rugby in the club it was brilliant um I just called in for a few minutes for a quick look at it and t- took a walk around and bought uh, there's video up in the RFU website of it and it's just remarkable and the whole core of the day was to instill the values of rugby of respect and fun and participation and uh, it was incredible to see so many young kids running around having the crack and uh, playing the game in the way it should have been playing so well done to everyone at Kilkenny, but particularly George Marr, our minis coordinator, who kind of pulled the strings to make it all happen and bring it together. So um, it was great to see everyone come together and host that event. Absolutely. Good stuff, lads. Um, and just a small matter of uh, an international match at the weekend. Uh, job done against Scotland. A lot more impressive, I suppose, than I was expecting. Um, but... Uh, all focus is on the All Blacks this weekend, lads, tomorrow night. Um, and there's a hell of a lot of talk in the media and uh, all this, all this, uh, what would you call it? Chit chat over social media and all the mind games basically has started and uh, is going on all week. But I don't think the lads will get too caught up with that. I think there's too much talk for comfort um, for me. You know, yeah, we're the number one team in the world and we've been doing exceptionally well. And you can get a 10-point lead on the All Blacks and suddenly something magic happens and bang, they can just sucker punch you. I think we need to be very aware. We need to be very aware of that. And I look at who are we to say it. Our management and team will know that. In terms of the teams, I think Talea not starting is not in our favour because with our wingers having such a good, and fullbacks having such a good kick chase, I think we would have been peppering him at high ball because he's fairly bad under a high ball the fact that he's not in i might think my play might actually help the kiwis um i just think this one's going to be too hard to call i'd love it if we win it and i'm being i'm being quintessentially irish here i don't want to jinx it but i'd love to win it but i think it's going to be an absolute man monumental effort for us to beat the all blacks you know i don't care if we if we beat them last year and we've done jobs on them so much in the last few years we scald at the All Blacks. Peter O'Mahony is going to be a targeted man over his Richie McCall, poor man's Richie McCall, blah, blah, blah. I think Sam Kane would love nothing more than to meet him. And I know I'm being, as I said, being quintessentially Irish here. Maybe the lads might be a little bit more optimistic than I am. I just think we need to approach this one with absolute caution. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous as well, uh, lads. I think... Um, there's too many people tipping Ireland, and I think that's 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 a real worry. I think if Ireland play fully to their potential, they should shade it. Uh, but the big fear is that the ghosts of of former World Cups will will, will come and haunt us. I, mean, I remember clearly four years ago we were there was a lot of a number of people predicting a win over the All Blacks too, and we all know what happened in Japan. Um, I, however, I do honestly believe that the the the, the mindset is different now than it was then. Thanks mainly to Andy Farrell, um, and uh, I suppose Gary Keegan seems to be playing an enormous role in that regard. Um, 
Yeah, but I'd be very much with James. I'm uh, I'm 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 fierce nervous, uh, and I think there's too many people uh, predicting an Irish win for for my comfort. Of course, we said the same last weekend, and look what happened. Mm. But uh, yeah, please God. I mean, last weekend was just incredible. It was one of the, you know, the first half was one of the great performances in Irish rugby, and I can Scotland just aren't that bad. It was an amazing performance of precision and uh, doing everything right and defence. Um, so we'll need that defence. For 80 minutes next week, I think we had it for 40 last week, but we'll need it for 80 next week or tomorrow night. So, please, God, uh, fingers crossed. And I, I'm as nervous as you are, James. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. because there's too many people not nervous. Well, I'd be very nervous. The only thing is, if you look at the if you look at New Zealand in the last couple of games that they've had, the the defenses that they're playing against haven't been coming up on them and they, they've had plenty of space. If you look at the amount of actual, actual time on the ball and and space that they've had, um, it's something that you hope that they, they're not going to get against Ireland. And I think if one of the things, if they haven't had a game since France to actually to actually test them. I know we've had, we've had tough games and sometimes, you know, and we all know this from Towns Cups and from other things that Sometimes that run of really tough games can 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 just improve you, and and as long as you don't have the inj- as long as we don't as long as you don't pick up big injuries in the, in the middle of those hard games, like it can be an advantage. And I, I that's the only hope that I would say is that Ireland will frustrate, kind of frustrate New Zealand, and if they get to a certain stage of the match, the New Zealand will actually panic a bit, because it is uh, I don't care like it has to get in their heads. There's an awful lot of expectation like we all say about the expectation in Ireland getting over a quarter final, but um because of the results that New Zealand have had over the last while, there's a huge pressure on them from from them. I mean it's I mean New uh, rugby in New Zealand as we all know is like a religion and they um, don't accept the second best. And I think the, I think the team are you know the team will be aware of that. So I, I'm hoping that Ireland Palestine will defend for the you know can defend well for eighty minutes, and not let them not let them in or not give them any sense of of you know if they can see a glimmer of hope and because all that is all that's all it takes for New Zealand they have to I mean they have the skill set and they have the players if you give them if you give them an inch they'll take a mile so like they really really do have to pressurize them and like they have fantastic and they'd be worried about Mackenzie being on the bench there too because he's a player that can come on. And he is electric. I know he doesn't start, and he's what he's. I watched a lot of him playing, um, playing the Super Rugby this year, and he is absolutely phenomenal. You know, he can turn the game. He can turn the game in a sixpence. He, he's very hard to defend against. I think he, yeah, and I think James, he's one of these players that you don't. He's he's not. He you don't start him. Mm. I I think he's one that comes off better off can come better off the bench and you will have to watch him like a hawk because he yeah. has the whole game he can kick he has the you know a side, he's a, a side step he can pass he's just electric so as like there's a couple of players there and as like you said about you, uh, the winger being missing but I think that the danger now is that McKenzie is after coming onto the bench and that's a really another strike attack player that they have so mm. Ireland will have to be really really played their uh, absolute utmost best to, well, to beat these you know, the other side of it is, is Paddy he touched on the defence side Ireland appear to be as happy if not happier without the ball now they're like Scotland threw yeah. everything at them last week everything and and I like I mean Tilupo came up the centre 
and I said, Jesus, here he's coming. And, and, and WP Nail came up the centre, is that his name? Ireland were just happy. They're not committing people to the rocks. They're going in, they're getting the breakdown. They're making sure the rock is formed. They know when to compete on the ground, but they're fanning out and they're just kind of, it's, I think it's fantastic to watch Ireland in defensive mode at the moment as well. But, you know, I think in attack, they're so comfortable in attack. And if you look at it, was it the first try? Was it Hans, was was it Lowe's try in the corner? Was it Hanson's? I can't remember. I think it was the first try. Everyone knew their role. And like the detail was perfect. The lines, the angles, where people yeah. were hitting the line was just spot on. Yeah. You know, but if you looked at it in contrast to Scotland, Scotland were trying to do a lot of the same things that Ireland were doing in attack, but their detail just wasn't there. There was a, yeah. a runner who might have been a split second late or might have been a... Van der Moer might have been a little bit too narrow coming on an inside line and things like this. And, in, you know, Ireland defended it very well. But I don't want to point again is I don't think the All Blacks, de- I don't think their detail will be as poor as the Scottish detail was last week. Um, Brett Oigo has been doing a few nice videos on it on Twitter during the week. And you can just kind of show where Scotland fell down, but what the All Blacks are doing well. So I think it's going to be an intriguing battle. I think it really, really is. But Look at I just as I said at the beginning, it's the All Blacks. You cannot, you cannot, <laughs> you can't be complacent. Yep. Looking forward to it, lads. Um, yeah, and plenty of other World Cup action this weekend. Lads, go well in your games in the Leinster League this weekend and the women. I will say, uh, if we win this well. match, we'll win the World Cup. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a big statement, yeah. James. Oh. Big statement. Win this match. See what happens. I have a chat about it next week. Fingers crossed. Oh, okay. He's got to be in good spirits this day week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go well this weekend, lads. Uh, mind yourselves. Yeah. Thanks for uh, coming on the course. We're back next week at the same Thanks, time. Thanks, Stephen. That's it from the knock on for this week. Thanks to Tom, James, and Paddy. Take it easy and enjoy your rugby this weekend. <laughs>